what their needs are. And he gives us unction by the Spirit to pray for them and they intercede in different ways. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, open up your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. And for the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be looking at, at, at some... Uh, some scriptures that I, to build our faith and to loose us into a higher place in Jesus. Um, you know, we, we talk about John 10.10 10 all the time, that Jesus come to give us life more abundantly, right? And yet the, the, the Lord said, why do my children, why do they live in less than abundant life? And... Uh, that he started quickening me to some things in my own life and showing me uh, the, the better things that God has for me. And, and, and then, you know, you and I, we are all in the same place, you know, so we all need the same things. And so, uh, you know, Jesus is not a liar. Jesus come that we might have abundant life. He, he's not a failure. He succeeded in everything that he, he come to do for us. And so uh, I, I need to step back because Jesus said he had a rest for us. And so we're going to work in the next few weeks toward the rest of the Lord, R-E-S-T, be able to rest in Jesus. But to be able to do that, we've got to step back and we're going to have to turn our lives upside down. We're going to have to start doing some things differently. And so, uh, the, what he told me to, to, to title this is Resurrection Rest. He wants his children to have resurrection rest, and he wants us to be in a place of spiritual serenity. I don't know about you, but I need that. Because it seems like the storms are getting closer together, and the storms are getting stronger. And so, I need to know how uh, to fight the good fight of faith. I need to know how to overcome all of those things, amen? And you and I, the Bible says that we are overcomers. So I, I, I need to step into that role, into that place. Uh, bear with me just a minute, let me, because i got to get this in your heart, in my heart. See, so many times the Christian doesn't know who they are. You know, and and the Spirit of God was ministering to me, and and it was it was like I was looking into this bright light of truth. You know, he, he said, "Think about the times that you've asked yourself, who am I?" And then think about the times that you've talked to to other people and asked them that very question. Well, who are you? You know, and people they say, "Well, uh, you know, I'm so and so's son, I'm so and so's daughter, I'm so and so's husband, I'm so and so's wife, or I'm, uh, you know, or I." I work here, or uh, I like this, or I hate that. You know, they tell you all of these external things, but they don't really tell you who they are. Because all of those things, they may be true this morning, but all of those things are changeable. But who you really are is by the Spirit of God. God is unchangeable. So... We need to get into the reality of who we are where we won't be moved by every slight wind of doctrine, every thing of the flesh, everything of the mind. Amen? All right. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's start reading in verse 16. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. If you're there, say amen. Rejoice some of the times. Evermore. At all times. That's right. Amen. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. In everything, express a thankful, a great uh, attitude of gratitude. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not, don't extinguish the Holy Spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And then when we do those things, look what happens. Verse 23, this is our uh, key scripture. Hold it in your heart, write it on the table of your uh, very heart. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body 
be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Donnie, would you pray? That's right. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for honoring the Word. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, uh, Let me say, I know that there's a lot of things happening in your life, and and you're dealing with a lot of different situations. Um, uh, Donna and I, we're available, and anytime you might need help, I don't like to talk before church because I like to keep my mind on what the Spirit of God is speaking in my spirit. Uh, But I I don't care to talk anytime after church or meet with you anytime. We need each other. And if we can be a blessing or a help to you, that's what we're here for. Uh, I want you to be encouraged and I want you to be able to draw strength uh, from uh, the anointing that is in this place. Amen. Because there's an anointing here and God wants to help you. Uh, he wants to help all of us, all of his children. All right. With that being said, uh, I, 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 we're going to spend some, some time laying the foundation for what the Spirit of God wants to do the next few weeks. And, and so I, I want you to see that you and I, after the fall of man, things happened in our life and our life got turned upside down. And, and uh Here, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he's giving them steps, steps to get their life turned right back, not upside down, but right side up, amen? And so, you and I this morning, we need to be in the place and the position where we look at these verses of Scripture, that we work our way down to verse 23, and I tell you, uh, I don't rejoice evermore. Am I making a bad confession? No. I'm saying that I am making a confession of where I'm at, and I want the Word of God to lift me from where I'm at to take me to where He would have me to be. And so if He gives me the command to rejoice without ceasing, then guess what? I can do that. But I've got to come to the, to the understanding that that rejoicing does not come out of my soul That rejoicing does not come out of my body. That rejoicing comes out of my spirit. And so I've got to learn how to start uh, operating back in the spirit realm that God the Father designed me, designed you to be able to operate in. Amen? Same way with all of this pray without ceasing. That means that your spirit, my spirit, is always in communication with God the Father. And we don't have to be bowed down. We don't have to be uh, in a place where we're even speaking out loud. Because a, a spiritual prayer like we were praying this morning is a prayer that is anointed. It's a prayer uh, that is in perfect fellowship that has the power to change every uh, outbreak, every attack, every uh, lie of the enemy and bring it under subjection of Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. So but anyway, we could look at all these, but we're not. But what I want you to concentrate on this morning is what the Apostle Paul said. He said that if we'll do these things, if we'll, if we'll make a confession of where we're at, and then we'll ask the Lord to empower us to start putting these words, the word Jesus, into practice, then all of a sudden God is going to supernaturally start to intervene in your life. See, he said for me to give thanks. Well, I, a lot of times I draw the gripe. I draw the complain. Now, y'all not ever do that? Is it just me? Well, anyway, that's the way my flesh is. My flesh likes to gripe. It likes to, to take uh, things that don't uh, are not uh, acceptable to it or not satisfaction to it, satisfying to it, and start talking about it. Well, the Bible says I have what I say. So if I keep talking about what I don't have, I'm going to multiply what I don't have. I'm going to multiply the negative fruit, and I'm going to lose out on what God has for me, Amen. And so I want to—I uh, want the Lord to help me to apply this word. And I, as I start to apply it, we have a promise here. The Apostle Paul said that the God of peace, whoo, your Father, my Father, He will start operating in our life. So areas in your life, in my life, that you don't have peace. Now, peace means to be uh, in a place of faith in a place of confidence, in a place where you're tranquil in the understanding that you have joined the Prince of Peace, 
Jesus Christ and that no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, all is going to be well. Amen? Now notice what he says. And the very God of peace sanctify you, make you holy, make you holy, holy, completely, fully. So that means if I'm not doing these previous verses, I need to admit to the Lord that I'm not sanctified. See, there's a big difference between being saved and being sanctified. And we need to teach that. We need to help, especially young converts, understand that, that they're saved, but they're not sanctified. That way, when the enemy comes and they, they, things happen in their life, he doesn't convince them that they're backslidden, that they're lost, that they're undone, that everything that they had believed for has been took away from them. Amen? So... This is a process. Sanctification is a process. Salvation is instantaneous. Oh, glory, right? All right. Now, notice what he said. He would sanctify you wholly. That means uh, entirely. And then Paul said, I pray, God, that your whole uh, body, soul, and spirit. Now, that's how the verse is quoted. 99 times out of 100, if you hear anybody talk about that verse, that's exactly how they quote it. That's not what Paul said. That's not what the Spirit of God said. Why, do, why is that verse misquoted? Because you and I are more, if we're not careful, we're more in tune with our body. We're more in tune with our soul, which our soul is our mind, will, and emotions, than we are our spirit. So it's very important that you and I recognize and realize that Paul is writing to the church. He's writing to us, but he's writing to a literal church. And by the Spirit of God, he's looking at their life and they're saved. They're on their way to heaven, but they're not sanctified yet. So the quicker you and I can recognize and realize that we're not sanctified yet, but God has a will and a desire for that, we're on our road of sanctification. We're on our way to sanctification. Amen? That's an exciting thing. That's a good thing. And so if I'm going to have resurrection rest, if I'm going to have spiritual serenity, then I've got to come to the place and I've got to see where I'm at and I've got to say, God, how are you going to sanctify me? How are you going to do that? Because I need to know. Uh, Brother Ryan, put John 17, 17. This is the number of double victory. 17 in Bible numerics means victory. So here in John 17, 17, you've got double victory. You've got red letter. You've got Jesus teaching. And Jesus says, he's talking to the Father. He's praying for the church. He's praying for you and I. And he says, sanctify them through thy truth. What's the truth? The Word. So I've got to get a place in a position where I'm hungry for this Word more than anything else. If I'm going to have resurrection rest, if I'm going to have uh, spiritual serenity, I've got to come and I've got to stop listening to all of these voices that's in this world. I've got to stop uh, taking in the feelings that where the enemy is pushing on my flesh. And I've got to get conscious in the Spirit. And I've got to, and the only way I can do that is I've got to hear what the Word is saying above my situation. You know why I don't have certain things that God has for me this morning? It's because I'm trying to receive that word through my flesh, through my soul, and I'll never do it. That doesn't make God a failure. That doesn't make God a liar. It means that I need to change my source. I need to start trusting not in what I feel, not in what I see. Uh, all of those emotions of the flesh, I need to come back and I need to say, wait a minute, God said He would sanctify me through His Word. His Word was the truth. And so that means let God be true, let every man be a liar. So I need to come back and I need to hear the truth. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and let's read verse number 12. And let's see what the Word of God will do, the, the, the power of the Word. You know this Scripture very well. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, For the Word of God, talking about Jesus, is quick. Now, it would be better translated alive, because we don't use the word quick for, for living now. But for the Word of God is living, because the Word is Jesus. All right, so the Word of God is living. It's the truth that sanctifies you, me, that makes us holy. Notice what he says. For the word of God is quick and powerful. 
Now, it's not powerful in the sense of a nuclear bomb. It's powerful in the sense that it's operative. It's operational. In other words, the Word will come in your life and it will take you to a new place to be able to do what you've never been able to do before. It'll open up your mind. It'll open up your heart. It'll open up the possibilities of bringing heaven to earth, of bringing the will of the Father into your life, into my life. So the Word of God is sharp. It's, it's living. It's operational. Now notice what happens when the Word is flowing in you. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts both ways, piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Of soul and spirit and of the joints of the morrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So only by the Word of God can you and I recognize and realize, is this what I'm thinking or feeling? Is it of the Spirit, my human spirit, that the Holy Spirit abides in? Or is it my soul, my mind, will, and emotions? Is it my flesh? Now see, this morning, your spirit is completely full of joy. Your spirit knows that it has eternal life. Your spirit knows that it is blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Your spirit knows that your steps are being ordered. Your spirit has this fellowship, this communion with God. But if you and I are not uh, in the place where we're following the Holy Spirit in our spirit, then our soul is always going to be doubting God. Doubting who we are, doubting what God said, and then our flesh is always going to be telling us everything that all the signals that it's picking up in this world. I, I can't have resurrection rest in a flesh body that's going back to the dirt. This, pinch yourself, this is not who you are. You are a spirit speaking entity. And you have a soul, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, your personality of who you are. Uh, and you have a, a body, you're housed in a body to be able to operate in this earth age. But in the coming heaven age, the third heaven age, you're going to have a glorified body that cannot be touched by sickness, weakness, disease, anything. It's ours, amen? Well, guess what? That spiritual body's on the inside of you. And you and I, we're waiting to the day that we put this body down. Come on, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says we have this assurance that inside of us is this glorified body. When we, when we part from this flesh, it's right there. It's right there. All right, so I've got to be in the place and the position where I say, Lord, bring this word through me. Divide what I'm dealing with. This morning, uh, you're going through some things. This past week, there's been many struggles, been many heartaches, and all of those things. And those things are real because we have a real devil and we're in a real world even though this is temporal. But God wants to help you and I to be able to rest in this real world with real problems because we're not uh, limited by what we're seeing or what we're feeling. We can have the Word of God to change our situation. The Word of God will change us. The Word of God will change our situation. The Word of God will change our family. The Word of God will change those around us. We just have to stand in and on the Word. Amen? All right. So let's look at some things. And notice what he said. He said that you had to divide between what was uh, spirit, soul, and body. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and let's see what God had originally arranged. Look at in Genesis chapter 2 in verse number... If I get in chapter 2, it would work better. Look at verse number 7. Genesis 2 verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground... There's your body. There's our body, right? Adam. Adam means ruddy-complected. It means of the earth, of the soil. And aren't you glad that, that God the Father sent Jesus to become the last Adam? To do what we couldn't do. Amen? All right, so notice this now. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There's your spirit. God literally 
breathed inside of you, placed inside of you and I, our spirit by His spirit, by His own breath. Isn't that something? Now, I want you to, to, to embrace this this morning. Now, I want you, you feel the anointing right there? God wants you to see how intimate He wants to be with you. You kiss somebody right on the mouth, that's as intimate as you can get in my heart. God places His holiness, His holy being upon me from the very soil of this earth, knowing what was going to happen, yet He placed it and He breathed inside of you and I our spirit. And man became a living soul. Then all of a sudden, then... Here comes together the soul, the mind, will, and the emotions, the personality of the spirit of who you are comes together with the body. God created you and I in His image. Three-part being. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Three-part being. That's what you and I are. All right? Now notice, we were created in His image. This word image, it's how you and I would think about uh, in the sense uh, of photography. In other words, we're creating His image on the outside. When we get born again, then we're created in His image on the inside. Isn't that something? Alright, so let's see what happens here. God had a plan. He had a destiny. They're in the Garden of Eden. They're in a place of paradise. God wants you and I to come back to Eden. He wants you and I to come back to paradise. Amen? Paradise is literally... The Apostle Paul, he went to paradise, the third heaven. And he told us just a little bit about it. But most of it he couldn't even talk about. It was things that could not be uttered. And so it's going to be so wonderful, so magnificent, but you and I are seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6, we're to be living out of that right now, amen? So look, notice what happens. Drop down to verse 25, the last verse in this chapter 2, Genesis 2, 25. And Adam and Eve, man and woman, they were both naked. They were naked in the flesh in the sense that they didn't have on natural clothes, but they were clothed with the glory of God. Well, what happens when you get born again? You get clothed in the glory of God. Now notice, we've got to come back and we've got to be led by our spirit instead of by our soul and our, and our, and our very body because look what, he's, what were happening in their life. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed it was perfect there was perfect unity with God the Father because they were being uh, in the proper order of things see God wants order in your life he wants order in my life and the only way we can have order is it's got to be spirit soul body you realize there's people that won't come to church Because the devil's got them ashamed of where they're at, what they've done, what they look like. And God's saying, come unto me. Come unto me. He doesn't care. And we've got to get a message out to people. It does not matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they wear. We want them in the house of God where they can be saved and born again. Amen? There is a spirit of ashamedness right now that is working right in the opposite with the spirit of, I don't care. And we've got people on both ends of the spectrum. And there's, we've got ones that are afraid to come out. You've got others saying, look at me. And so the devil's in both of those. So we've got to bring the Holy Ghost by the anointing of the Spirit of God to reach them all. Amen? Amen. But we're going to have resurrection rest. We're going to have spiritual serenity to be able to do that. Now notice what happens. Um, jump back up to verse uh, Uh, verse 15, verse 16, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. So God's talking to Adam, and, and Adam's supposed to talk to Eve, but he's, he's, he's talking to mankind, and he's talking by the Spirit, into their spirit that would bring their soul into a place of being renewed, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about, to be able to bring their body into subjection. And he said, Of the every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Verse 17. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day, the day, 
that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, you know, the tree of life, of course, is Jesus Christ. The tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, whatever you wish to believe, and but is the devil. It, I mean, it, and, and so... When you and I are in the place where we let the words of the devil replace the words of Jesus. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he said, my words are spirit, my words are life. And so anytime that we take something other than his word, death is going to work in us. And so literally uh, in this day, the day of the Lord, Adam lived to be 930 years. Uh, so we know a day with the Lord is a thousand years unto us. So he, he, he died in that day, literally, that he sinned, the day of, uh, of the Lord. Not the day as you and I know it in 24 hours, but he, he, he lost what God had for him. So when that happened, all of a sudden then, there, uh, the, the Bible says, and we don't have time to look at it, but you covered in Genesis chapter 3. See, God likens your body to a tree trunk. These are your limbs. This is the trunk of the tree. And when they come into the sin in the garden, and I don't want to muddy the water or confuse some things, but when they come into the sin that was in the garden, all of a sudden, uh, the senses of the carnal man, of the carnal nature, were opened. They become alive. And they, uh, along with the soul, started dominating uh, Adam, mankind, started dominating them. Uh, instead of them being able to be led by the Spirit. And so all of that ruled until Jesus Christ. That reigned until Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ come to be the last Adam. And when He come to be the last Adam, then all of a sudden, uh, everything changed. You and I got in a place, in a position to have God's best. But we've got to see that God, He created us. But the devil is wanting to work a negative creation in our life. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is the devil's desire for your life and my life. Look at verse 14. He wants to keep you and I out of the spirit realm. He wants to keep us in the place where we're, we're following the, the, uh, the, the body, following the soul. Look what it says. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man, this is the person who is sensitive to the passions of the, of the body, of the soul. So the natural man, the soulish man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So I need to step back. I don't know about you, but when my passions, when my uh, sensitivity to the flesh starts on the rise, I need to recognize and realize I'm not receiving the Word of God that's quick, that's sharp, that's alive, that's powerful, that will be operated in my life. I'm receiving from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the, the one that will bring death in my life instead of life in my life. Amen? All right, so he said it's impossible for the soulish man, the natural man, to receive the things of the Spirit of God. And, okay. Um, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They are foolishness to him. The, the, the word is dull. How many times have you left a church service and somebody said, boy, that was the dullest service I've ever been in? Could it be, it might not have been a dull service, but it might have been a dull person. So I need to step back and I need to say, I see the devil's trying to create. See, the devil wants to copycat in the negative everything that the Lord God has in the positive. He wants to, his ultimate goal is, he wants all of you and I to be destroyed. He doesn't want us to have abundant life. Remember, Jesus said the opposite part of that verse is the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his goal. And so uh, what does he do? He steals little by little, leading you out of the place where he can kill. And ultimately, he wants to kill the flesh, but he wants to destroy. He wants your spirit to be destroyed. He wants you to go to the second death, to the lake of fire. And so we need to step back and I need to say, wait a minute. The devil's trying to create a false narrative in my life. He's trying to get me in the place where I'm always in the soul realm because if I'm in the soul realm, I can't 
hear. I can't pick up. I can't pull from the things of God. And now, how do I know that? Because I don't. God promised you and I that He would meet all of our needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. He said that uh, those who walk uprightly, that they would lack no good thing. Well, I, to be able to come into those things, I've got to see that there's a thief that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've got to see that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. i got to have this Word to receive from God. And so the devil's going to try to get me into fear, doubt, anxiety, anger, all, disappointment, all of these things where I'm in the soul realm where I can hear what God is saying. Instead, I talk about how bad the situation is how strong the devil is, how powerful he is, all of those things. And I build those things up. I sow those seeds. They get stronger in my life rather than what God would have for me. I will not have resurrection rest because I've not come to the resurrection in that part of my life. Okay, turn to the book of Jude. Of course, Jude's got one chapter. Right before the book of Revelation. And, and, and let's, let's read verse... We need to read a bunch of them, but we won't take time. But let's look at verse 16 and 19. Jude one sixteen says, They are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration uh, because of advantage. Now, for sake of time, drop down to verse 19. These be they who separate themselves. Brother uh, Ryan, can we put that up in the, the Amplified, that verse 19? Is it, uh, if it's too much trouble, I don't want to call it. Just say so for you. All right, look at this. It is these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions. Have you ever seen a time when we're not in division like we are right now in the world? There is a spirit, a division that is turning everybody against everybody. And everybody is, 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 is in a place where the, that it's not being led by the spirit is saying, I'm more important than you. Now, the reason why we're talking about this, you're going to need it, I'm going to need it. When lumber goes up 73%, in just a few months, when gasoline goes up 53% in a few months, listen now, things ain't going to keep going the way they're going. We're fixing to have a bottom that's going to drop out like you've never saw before, and you've got to have the Holy Ghost to help you make it. You're going to have to have faith to be able to make it in these last days before the coming of the Lord, and we've got to get ready, amen? Super hyperinflation. You can't print trillions of dollars out of the air and expect that you're not going to fall. We don't have anybody that has any sense in our government. I'm sorry. At high levels, these we're cutting our own head off. Amen? So we've got to be in the place where we're led by the Spirit. They, if these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions, merely sensual. Remember, that's soulish. Creatures, carnal, worldly-minded people, devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. You and I, we're going up. We're not going down. Amen? We're going up. Who, they, who be themselves, they separate themselves. So, now, the Bible says that in Ephesians chapter 4, that the believers are kept together by the unity, the bond of the Holy Ghost. The bond of the Spirit. The bond of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, in my spirit. So, what we've got to start saying is, Lord, I know that there's believers out there that you're calling out of the world. So in the name of Jesus, I see how the sensual, how the devil through the, the, the soul realm, through the, the, the body has separated them. I Put them on my heart, Brother Doug. Let me pray for them. Let, let, let me call them in by the Spirit and then help me to be used by you to bring them in the bond that God has. Amen? That's what He wants for us. And when we're in that place, in that position, and we recognize and realize that's our calling, that's our destiny, that's when we have resurrection rest. Because we know that I'm doing what, I'm about my Father's business, and all's going to be well. I'm seeking Him first. He said, if I would seek Him first, that He would make sure that every need I had 
was met. So this is, this is what we want. Okay. Now, uh, so notice what he said. Go jump back to verse 16, Brother Ryan. These are murmurs and complainers walking after their own lust. So how can I tell where I'm at? How can I tell if I'm walking in the Spirit or if I'm walking in the flesh? Yes, ma'am. I'm the king of the complainers in the, in the flesh. I mean, I have turned it into an art form. I don't want that. I want God's will. I want God's best because it doesn't just affect me. It affects my family. It affects you and I. We carry our aura around us. We're either carrying the peace of the Holy Spirit or we're carrying the confusion and the disruption of the spirit that is upon the Antichrist. Amen? Alright. So, I want to be in this place, don't you? So i got to see some things. i got to see that God created me. He created you to be a spiritual being. And then the Apostle John said, he said that God is a John four twenty four. God is a spirit, and we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Right? All right. So uh, I I, I got to see that if I'm not operating in the spirit, I'm not worshiping God. I was created. You were created to worship God. All right. So go with me to. And, and we're working our way to a close. Romans chapter ten. And let, let's see. We, we know that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that we, we're, we're in that place. But we've got to see now that when we get born again, that all of a sudden we don't have to be uh, in the place where we speak out of the flesh, out of, out of the body, where we speak out of the soul, but we can speak out of our spirit. Amen? So let's see what happens and how you got born again. Let's remind ourselves. Remember the Spirit of God told me two weeks ago, don't sow new seeds. What are the seeds that we got? Because we, we need to make sure that they're growing in our lives. Romans 10 and 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Jesus is right here. He, he's on the outside of every person wanting to get on the inside. Say he's on the inside of me. The word is uh, nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So... You and I, we've we, we got to see here that we are a spirit being, we have a soul, and we have a body. And the way God is destined is that God speaks to our spirit, and our spirit speaks to our soul, and our soul controls our body. If you walk in the spirit, Galatians 5, 16, 17, on through there, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, in other words... Every area in my life that I couldn't control, uh, I wasn't operating by the word of truth. The word of truth will make me free. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, the truth will make you free. If I'm disciplined, if I'm a disciple in His word, in other words, if the word is work, working in my life and I'm working the word, this word of faith, it will change who I am. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess, here's here's. Uh, spirit, soul, and body coming together, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You shalt be delivered. Amen? It's a 100%. It's not possible than anything other than this happening. So I need to be in the place where I recognize that, yes, uh, even though I may be born again and I'm saved, there may be some areas in my life that the Spirit of God is still wanting to talk to me. That I don't have salvation or deliverance in. Amen? And, and so, just as I got born again by the, God the Father sending the Spirit to draw me and putting the words of Jesus in my uh, heart and then me renewing my life to that and speaking that out and all of a sudden I got what I said, then I can have that for my marriage. I can have that for my family. I can have that for my job. I can have that for my community. I can have what God wants me to have. Amen? Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
So I'm never going to go, I'm never going to rise above my confession. So I've got to recognize that there is nothing in my life that talks louder than the body. You know, you're, it's, the alarm clock goes off. I don't want to get up. I'm tired. I hurt. I'm hungry. All of those things are changeable. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same. Malachi 3, 6, God is the same. I change not, thus saith the Lord. So God never changes. So when I'm in this place where I'm always being changed, I've got to recognize that's my body. That's my soul. That's, that's not going to bring salvation in this area. We was on the, church, on the way to church this morning, and, and I started to tell Donna something my body was telling me, and as I started to say it, the Holy Ghost said, Do you want more of that? I said, No, no. He said, Why do you, or why are you, he's talking to me now. He said, Why are you so quick to speak out what's going wrong in your body when there's 99% and more that's going right? So we've we got to learn to say what the Spirit is speaking in our life. Verse 11. For the Scripture saith. I want what the Scripture says, don't you? Whosoever believeth on Him, on Jesus, shall not be... What were they in the garden? They left the Word of God and they were ashamed. But now you and I, we're back to the place of the Garden of Eden. We're back to the place of paradise. We're seated in heavenly places with the Lord God Almighty. His Word is true. It's always going to work in our life if we'll hold on to it. Amen? Oh, glory. God has something for us this morning. He has a resurrection rest. He has a spiritual serenity that all we have to do is believe it's for us right now. And we shut off the voice of the flesh and we turn on the voice of the Spirit. Verse 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is over all, is rich unto all that call upon Him. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, Galatians chapter 3, if you're rich or poor, if you're Jew or Greek, if you're male or female, if you're a slave or if you're free, God's Word is for all of us. Aren't you glad? Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. Okay. So, I want to close with just a, a, verse, a couple of verses of Scripture that will point us in the direction that the Lord's leading us in in the next few weeks. Let's look at the type and the shadow in the Old Testament. Go with me to Psalms 103. Now, David was anointed three times to be king, just like Jesus, the type and the shadow. And, but David had a flesh body to deal with. Would you say amen? Just like we do. He had problems. He had struggles. Uh... And, and, and he is in that Adam lineage that Jesus, the last Adam, come to deliver us from. But we can learn here because here David is a writer of Psalms, right? And he wrote them by the Spirit of God. All right. Ephesians chapter 5 says that you and I are to be being filled with the Holy Ghost. And then when we are, we're in a place where we're thankful. We have an attitude of gratitude. But we're making melody in our hearts giving psalms and spiritual songs. All right. So you and I are a fulfillment of what David was a type and a shadow of. Now don't let that go over your head. Put that in your heart and meditate on it because God wants to make that so real to you. So let's look at what you are a reality of this morning in closing that David was a type and a shadow of. Look at Psalms 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord... Oh my what? David is in the place right now because he's in the spirit where he is commanding his soul. See, you and I, when we're in the spirit, we have the ability, we have the, the opportunity to command our soul. Our mind, willing emotions. We can change what we're feeling, what we're seeing. We can change it by the truth that the Holy Spirit is bringing into our spirit. So what, did he see? what does he say? This is the first of nine times uh, here. But he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and uh, 
and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So all of a sudden, he David says, this is what you've got to do to be able to, uh, to be in the place of, uh, of a successful walk with the Lord. You've got to bless your soul, uh, command your soul to bless God, better said. And as you command your soul, then your soul starts commanding your body. I bless him with all that's within me. In other words, I, I command, my spirit commands my soul, and then my soul starts directing my body. Instead of the other way around. Because you're born again. You're blood-bought, blood-washed. You have this, God is returning you. You're not ashamed. He's returning you to the, the paradise reality. Verse number 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. So, uh, you, you and I are in a place where if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're going to forget what God's done for us. Because, I don't know about you, my body never thinks about what God's done. It always thinks about what it wants next. Right now, my stomach's growling like a hound. I know what it wants. Well, that's just too bad. Come on, it never stops wanting. All right, so David said, this is the key. This is how you operate in success. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. What are they? Who forgiveth all of thine iniquities. So many people that I talk to, they're still walking by the soul and the body because they talk about what they've done. They talk about the mistakes. You realize the Bible says that God doesn't even know anything about that mistake. He doesn't see it. He sees the blood of Jesus on your life. He identifies you with His risen Son, not with that past. But see, the, the flesh will say, well, you know, you're suffering in this because of what you've done. Well, I need to be blessed because of what Jesus has done. I need to let the Lord come into me and what caused me to be reminded of my salvation that I'm forgiven. I'm, it's just as if I've never sinned. I'm justified. And then he said that he would bring healing. Now, don't get mad at me. But the Spirit of God said you know, to me, you can receive it if you want to. He said, you know why you're not receiving healing? Because you're letting the soul steal it from you. You're letting the body steal it from you. You're letting it talk louder than what my spirit is saying into your spirit. Oh, I want to repent. I want that made right. Amen. I want, and I'm not just talking about physical healing. I'm talking about emotional healing. I've got scars this morning in my soul. I've got hurts there that I don't even understand that limit me and hurt me and, and, and make me act ways that I don't want to act. Make me feel things that are not true. And then it causes me to judge other people in situations. It's not meant to be that way. Amen? The devil torments. He's got that and he pokes us. And he tries to keep us in a place where we never feel like that ashamedness. So I don't want that. Amen? I want what thus saith the Lord. Who forgiveth all of thy iniquities. Who healeth all of thy diseases. That, that's just any kind of weakness in your life. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction and crowneth thee with loving kindness. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like an eagle. See, the Holy Ghost will give us things to say that will bring the Word of God into our life that will cause us to be restored. That will change our present situation. That's what God did with Abraham and Sarah. That's what God wants to do with us. He wants to restore us. He wants to renew us. He wants you and I flying higher and higher in Him. Amen? Uh, uh, I was trying to figure out how to close this message. And I, 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 I couldn't find what I was looking for. And Donna helped me pray. And, and the Spirit of God brought this to my heart. This is so important that you and I start applying this because it affects our life, our destiny, but it affects those who are on the train of life with us. Amen? 
So go with me to January 3rd, 1944. On January the 3rd, 1944, in Leon, Spain, there's a, a train that's loaded with uh, several hundred people. And th- this train is going through the El Toro Tunnel. And as, as the train goes through the tunnel and the, the, the engine just peeks out on the other side of the tunnel, all of a sudden the engine stalls out. And as the engine stalls out, there the train stops. And we're talking about 1944, so we're talking about a, a, we didn't have the conveniences and the, and the communication and all the things that they have like, like we have today. And so the train stalls out and the, the, the engineer, he's desperately trying to get this train started and... Uh, as as he's doing that, this particular train, it has an engine on the back as well. And so the the the, the person on the back sees that the train is, is is stalled, and so he fires up the engine on the back and he puts it in reverse. About the time he puts the uh, engine on the back in reverse, the engineer in the front gets the engine started and he puts it forward. Now, this is funny in the natural until we hear the whole story. But it's our life. It's our life. Jesus said that you cannot serve God and mammon. You've got to pick which master you're going to have. i got to pick one. So this train is sitting here. It's going back and forth. Each one of them is giving more uh, horsepower. They're, they're putting a bigger demand on the engine. And, and, and they're just spinning their wheels on that track. Here's the problem. All the exhaust that's coming from those engines is rolling into that tunnel. By the time they figure out what they need to do and kill one engine and go ahead and pull the train out, 500 people choke to death from carbon monoxide poisoning. See, you are a spirit. You've got to have the breath of life. You've got to have God breathing into you continually. If you and I breathe in the things of the devil, the things of this world, it is toxic to us and it will kill us. Let's let God have the final say, the first say, every say in our lives moment by moment by moment. Amen? Pray with me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for this journey that you're taking us on. I believe with all of my heart that you're taking us to a new level in you where we can rest like never before, where we can have serenity, peace like never before. Father, I thank you that you're, as we will yield to you, you're going to change our speech. You're going to change our confession. In other words, you're going to help us be in the place where our life is no longer upside down, but it's right side up. We're in communication. We're walking in the Spirit. We're recognizing and realizing that when all of those negative things, all of those little things that would steal our joy, that would take away our thankfulness, all of those things that would bring us into bondage, you're going to make a revelation to us that we're in reality walking more in the body, more in the soul than we've ever realized and understood. But you're going to deliver us from that as we say yes to you and we say no to all of these other things. Lord, right now, every battle, every struggle that every person has been dealing with, give them the words, the words of life, the words of truth, to be able to speak in that situation to see things change for your glory. We'll be quick to praise you for it. Let it be, Lord. We ask you in Jesus' name. Would you come this morning and make yourself an altar? Say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I want what you would have for me. I want your leadership, your guidance, your direction.